for listening to the Angela Henderson Online Business Show, episode 313. Hey there, you amazing human, and welcome to the Angela Henderson Online Business Show, the podcast that is designed for female entrepreneurs who want to make more money in a way that is in alignment for them. If you're looking for practical advice, proven strategies, and expert insights to help you navigate the challenges of growing your business, then you've come to the right place. Welcome, my friend. I am your host, Angela Henderson, a proud Canadian living in beautiful Australia, and I'm a business coach, consultant, and strategist who has helped thousands of women around the world build successful businesses. Through solo episodes and interviews with successful business owners, industry experts, and thought leaders, you'll get insider insights into what it takes to succeed in today's digital age. Whether you're struggling to scale your business, looking for ways to boost your productivity, or seeking ways to overcome the challenges of being an entrepreneur, this show has everything you need to succeed and more. So subscribe, pop your headphones on, and get ready to creating the business and life you deserve today by allowing the Angela Henderson Online Business Show help you create a winning strategy, develop the right mindset, and build lasting wealth. Welcome back, you amazing human. I hope you're having the most epic week filled with joy, laughter, and fun. And I am pumped for this podcast. Health plays a significant part to our business success, yet often is one of the last things we're focusing on. Now, you might be getting ready to head to the next episode button because you don't think this is relevant to you, but this is absolutely relevant to you, whether or not you want to embrace it or whether you want to ignore it. But health is important to each and every one of us. In fact, I too kept ignoring my health and it was having an impact on all areas of my life, but specifically business. So please, you owe it to yourself to listen to this episode. We're going to be chatting on so many different vibes today. We're going to be talking about what does it mean to be a healthy leader and how does this impact your overall health of a business? We're going to be talking about the emerging trends and innovative approaches to promoting health leadership in healthy businesses. We're also going to be talking about brain health, sleep, and so much more. It's an episode that will make you think about the importance of health and the impacts that it's having in all areas of your life. So sit back, get comfy, and get ready for another awesome episode of the Angela Henderson Online Business Show. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the show, Maritza. Hey, Angela. Great to be here. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited that we finally have gotten this episode together. We met originally this year earlier on in San Diego when we were at a mastermind event together. And I just, I loved your energy and the brilliant conversations we had. I could have kept talking to you for hours. I think we were like having to like pull each other apart at some stages because definitely with my mental health background, your mental health background, substance abuse uh, background, there was so much great conversation we're having and how this impacts businesses and their overall health. So I can't wait to jump in today and share your knowledge because you're just a bucket of knowledge. But before we jump into the topic about healthy leaders, healthy businesses, I always like to ask my guests a fun question so that the audience can get to know you a little bit better. So my fun question to you is Halloween is big over in America. And I saw that you went out to, I think it was something like a hell screen party or something over the weekend. So my question to you is what's your best Halloween costume you've even worn or you've seen to date? Oh, wow. So my sister has a, my sister has twins. So she dressed them up one as a puddle and one as like a rain cloud. And I thought that that was super cute. And then the rain cloud actually, uh, they were only like three or four at the time, uh, had a little squirt gun. So he would like walk around and squirt people. So I thought that was adorable. And I love little kids. So like that always gets me. 
Um, my Halloween costume, I just do like the basic stuff. Like I dressed up as a police officer or I dressed up as, um, uh, last year I was Cruella DeVille and my, uh, my kids were my puppies. <laughs> oh my gosh. So sweet. Yeah. I just love, you know, I mean, how much freedom there is when it comes to Halloween, the costume just cracked me up. Like I saw one was peanut butter, one was jelly and jam. Like they're like, they're twins, obviously it just cracks me up so much. You know? Yeah. It just an endless amount of creativity. And so I love it. Now the listeners, on the podcast here that are listening today, they may or may not know who you are. So tell us in a simple nutshell, what you do and how you help different people around the world. Sure. So I've been working in the field of mental health and addiction for over 20 years now. I started off as a personal trainer and I just realized that um, there was a lot of things underlying that were keeping people from getting their health goals. And as I delved more into the mental health you know, uh, Avenue, I just started to evolve my career, uh, becoming a neurofeedback practitioner, owning and operating drug and alcohol treatment centers, consulting in the wellness industry. And it's just what I love to do is just help people to live their best overall life, whatever that means for them. Because I find a lot of people settle Mm. for what they're having. And for me, um, I truly believe that you can have it all, Um, It's just going to take work and sometimes a little coaching, um, you know, with somebody like yourself or somebody like myself and, you know, that you deserve to have just the best of what life has to offer. I love it. And that's the thing we were talking about settling before we actually hit record on this podcast episode um, about how you're currently selling your home and you're looking for a new home because you've kind of settled with houses throughout life. And you're like, I'm not settling anymore because it makes then I'm not happy with being in it. And I think as business owners and as women, we often settle for things because of societal norms, what we've grown up with, our subconscious, whatever that looks like. And so I think it's so important. And that's what I love about you is how you advocate for people to live the fullest and richest life possible based on their alignment and their, do you mean whatever business model or their family or their goals But I think we do have to have a conversation about stop settling in life, right? Like where, and I would encourage the listener out there today, where are you settling in your home life, in your business, with your friends, with your family? And what can you do to stop settling? What are your thoughts about that? I love it. I mean, one of the things that I've really come up with is, you know, I work with very high functioning individuals. So when people think of treatment or people think of, you know, going to a mental health practitioner or a facility, they think, okay, like um, high levels of acuity, um, you know, psychosis, um, you know, knock down, drag out drug addicts. And that's not what we're doing at all. We're working with a lot of professionals Um, in my wellness center. We have a lot of CEOs and um, business entrepreneurs that come in just because they're done settling in one or more areas of their life. So maybe their business is making millions of dollars a year, but their mental health is struggling. They're dealing with anxiety. They're drinking a little too much alcohol. You know, they're finding themselves getting depressed or not being the parent that they want to be. You know, we come in in a very supportive role, um, offering a number of different modalities that they can utilize um, as well as coaching to help up level themselves to where they want to be and really design, you know, a prescriptive, you know, course of action and create that container of success for them to excel in. And in your experience, so like I said, you've worked with so many different cohorts of people around the world. When we start thinking about, you know, healthy leaders, healthy businesses, 
what does it mean for you just so that we're all on the same page you mean going forward with the podcast what does it mean to be a healthy leader and how does it impact the overall health of business because a lot of people i would say when we start our business and we're a solopreneur we don't think that we have a leader that we're not a leader do you know what i mean we're just a solopreneur we're this but i believe any of us that have a business regardless of if you're in startup growth or scale stage you're still a leader, you're, whatever that looks like. So I'm curious to know when it comes to you, what does it mean to be a healthy leader and how does it impact the overall health of a business? So for me personally, it means having all my ducks in my in a row. You know, I have to be in alignment with what I'm preaching. Like I can't sit there and say and be a healthy person as I suck down a cigarette or, you know, a soda or, you know, create unhealthy habits. And for a lot of our clients, it's that as well. It's creating alignment. It's understanding that your sleep does impact your business and the way that you interact with your colleagues, you know, eating uh, healthy foods, staying away from things that create inflammation so that you don't have brain fog. You know, it's mind, body, spirit. It's your mental health is going to be your wealth. You know, the better you feel, the better you're going to perform, the better you perform, the more money you make, the more money you make, the more impact you can have, the more impact you can have, you know, the better overall all results that you're going to get at the end of the day, you know, and when you can look at it, it actually is measurable because a lot of people say, well, how is that measured? You have insurance companies now here in the U S who actually are paying people to sleep. I had a conversation with a police officer today and she said, you know, every night that I get seven plus hours of sleep, my insurance company pays me 50 cents. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what is that telling you? And, I, and I'll hear people all the time say, oh, well, I function off this or I function off that. It's okay. Well, you're also putting your body in fight or flight mode. And when you're putting your body in fight or flight mode, you're going to have higher levels of cortisol. You're going to have lower levels of dopamine, lower levels of serotonin. And that might not sound like a big deal, but if you're already predisposed to having depression or having anxiety, now you're just going to increase it and make it even worse just because of simple little tips and tricks that you can make. And I would agree. Like I know I I stopped drinking Diet Coke almost two years ago. I was drinking like four cans a day, right? It was horrible. And I knew it was horrible, like 100%. I knew it was horrible. But that aspartame, there's an addictive part, 100%. There's a behavioral component, but there's also like literally, it was one of the worst things that I withdrawed off of. Do you know what I mean? For sure. For those first kind of seven days. But I knew that I couldn't keep functioning right off of Diet Coke. It wasn't, it wasn't sustainable. It wasn't healthy for anyone. Um, and then I started to look at other things, like I've just done a parasite cleanse, for example. That's a whole other podcast episode. But I've been very mindful because I've been sick for four months at the beginning of the year, like really, really, really sick. And it's one of the things that I think you probably hear these, correct me if I'm wrong, stories where people finally hit rock bottom. And they start in their health, I find often is something we put last, everything else is first, do you know what I mean, whatever that looks like. And it's only been these last kind of six months after I've now been better the last two months, that I'm watching everything that I put into my body. I now have this watch that tracks my oxygen levels, it also tracks my sleep time, I'm watching what that looks like every single day to see where I'm at, it tracks my stress levels. As an indicator, I don't take it as a holy grail. But it's really opened up my mind in regards to how when I'm what I'm feeling my body with the amount of sleep I'm getting, I'm there's so much. It's a ripple effect, not just in business, but the rest of my life. Would you agree or disagree? A hundred percent. I agree with you, Angela, because a lot of times we discount, you know, our brain health, our mental health and our physical well-being. And we're like, oh, well, this 
has nothing to do with this. And we, and we'll say like blanket statements like that, but when it really has everything to do with it, you know, are you calling out of work sick? You know, are you not feeling well? Like you said, four months, like that can be really depressing for somebody, you know, because if you're not feeling well for four months, how else is that impacting you as a mother, you as a partner, you as a business owner, your clients? So I think we really have to take a look at our overall health to see how that creates either a connection or a disconnection and start to track those little things. Like you said, like, Hey, like if tomatoes don't agree with you, but you eat tomatoes every day, like you're not going to feel good. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be a cigarette or, um, you know, some charred food or some fried food. It can be little things that you don't even realize that you're doing. It could be falling asleep with the TV going on. Um, I actually did a two hour class on water, right? Believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And I realized that the water that I was boiling my pasta in was toxic. Mm-hmm. The water that I, I was using on my fruits and vegetables was toxic. And I use a water purifier, but because it wasn't a reverse osmosis purifier, I started to look up what chemicals were in this water that I'm putting on these healthy foods and vegetables. And I'm going, oh my gosh, like I'm slowly killing myself with chlorine, with arsenic, with all these things. And the more we know, the more we know, you know, when I was, it's funny that you not funny, but that you bring it up because I can't remember my, my boyfriend, Grant bought one of these things where you put it, like you have two cups of water and then you put like these two prongs in it and it goes for like 45 seconds and it shows you what's in the water. Now, first of all, there's always minerals and shit like that in any water, no matter where you're in the world, it just is what it is. But we tested the water at my house. We tested the water at his house, which is 45 minutes away. And we tested the water at my ex-husband's house because he only lives right behind the fence to see if there was something in the pipes. You know, it was insane the difference to mean of what was in each of each of our waters, but also insane to know. And we also sorry, we also tested bottled water also because we wanted to see like, is bottled water actually doing? So that's actually where we're going is going to a filter after what we've just seen over the last couple of weeks, literally mind blowing. Like we've taken videos so I can share it, you know, on socials. But the water which we're told by our government is 100% safe to drink is bullshit. And I'm here to tell you, like, after we've done those tests, seeing it full hand, it makes me sick. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like you said, you bring in clean vegetables, but then you're washing it with water that you're told is safe. You're actually being counterproductive. Yeah, it's it's so true. And it's like, I came home and my husband's like, you're being like crazy because I noticed our boxer was getting almost like uh, acid reflux. Uh And he was throwing up after he was eating. And I was like, you know what? We mix his food, his dry food with a little bit of water. I'd like to only use, and I was using my filtered water, but it was filtered through like a Kangen filter, which only adds, you know, the pH level. It doesn't actually add any like reverse osmosis filtration system. So when we started refiltering his water and giving him this new water, it took about a week or two, but now he doesn't spit up anymore after he eats. Yeah, I'm telling you. And water is something that is in everything. And that was my biggest thing of the last six months, the four months of being sick, and then in kind of two months now is 
water's everywhere and we're told to drink, I don't know, whatever, 1.5, two liters of water a day. That's a lot that we're putting into our bodies. Again, you could be getting really good sleep. You might be doing all the right things, but it could be influencing. So I won't go too much more into it, but it, it is fascinating because we are talking about health and how to be healthy leaders. And water is something that we can't disregard in this um, journey. So I would like to know, like, what are you, what are some of the common challenges that you've seen that leaders face when it comes to maintaining their own health and well-being while managing a business in life? I mean, it comes down to time, uh, time and priorities. Um, you get a lot of leaders who are very, very successful. And a lot of times we look at financial success and we're like, well, if I'm financially successful, I'm just successful. And we'll discount our own mental health or other people's mental health just because they look good or have money. So mm. you can have somebody who is completely beautiful or handsome and they have everything going for themselves. Um, they have a lot of money. They have a great children. They have all these wonderful things, tons of accolades. But then if they deal with suffering mental health, like they deal with anxiety or depression, you have two things that go on. One, they don't feel like they deserve to be depressed or anxious. Mm. Um, so they discount their own mental health. And I've, I've had clients who tell me that they feel guilty for being depressed because they have such great lives. Um, when really there's like a chemical imbalance going on and there's some other things that are going on, maybe past traumas mm -hmm. and then they discount their own mental health and then they start to um, either self-medicate. So I think that time is one. And then two is feeling that your feelings are invalid or your emotions are invalid or your mental health is invalid. So then you don't seek out additional help because on the surface, you look like somebody who has it all. And then people, people judge people and you see it all over the internet where people will say like, Oh, like, Oh, look at you. You're rich. Like you don't have any reason to have any problems. Like look at the person from the projects or look at this person. That person deserves to feel the mm. way that you feel. You don't deserve to feel that way. And I think that keeps a lot of people from asking for help and um, creates even bigger problems is that we don't feel validated. So mm. then we just back and say, you know what? It's not that bad. You know, mm. we start to look at the good things that we have, ignoring the fact that we're we're truly struggling until all of a sudden it spirals out of control. It's interesting you you use the keyword we then that validation stuff. And if we look at the subconscious brain and we know that typically the three primary drivers are not enough, belonging and right and safety. But also validation comes into play. People seeking validation because they they typically didn't get validation as a kid. How much of that then stops them from potentially getting the help that they need because of their subconscious of what they're holding on to from doing you know, growing up as a kid, et cetera. Like I'm trying to see if there's a connection between our subconscious brain and our mindset and how that influences whether or not we will be a healthy leader or not. I believe that it does take, it does play a huge role in it. And then in addition to that, people who don't feel validation may seek out careers where they where they get validated, mm -hmm. right? They may seek out high level positions. They may become first responders. Um, they may become people in a, a place of authority to then seek that external uh, validation that they're not receiving internally or maybe didn't receive externally as children. So then what happens is, is that kind of adds to the, well, my feelings are invalid. The only feelings of validation I get are external. And because they're telling me I'm doing good, then I must be doing good, even though I'm silently struggling. And this is where we see the struggle in silent part. 
Um, I had a, um, a big event today where I did a tour for a group of first responders. And one of the things that one of the first responders was saying was, I'm taught how to give help. I'm not taught how to receive help. Mm. So when you're constantly taught how to give help, like you're a mom or you're a dad or, or you're a caregiver or you're a first responder or you're in the military or you have a big position or whatever you're doing, but you're constantly giving of yourself, you're a business owner. Then when you need help, sometimes that circle is very, very small. And maybe even in that circle, like you might be able to ask someone, for, you know, I know when I had my business, I could ask people for like to help, you know, grab my car mm. or I could have asked them to do this or do that. But like, if I was dealing with a mental health struggle, I mm. didn't have any to, not that I felt because you say safety and security, mm. you know, if you feel safe within your own body, within your own mind, it's very difficult to feel safe with another person. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. I mean, safety, right. Is if we don't feel safe, there's, tr- I mean, there's so many things that we can go down the rabbit hole just about that. Right. So for, I'm curious to know, is there a connection also though, between a leader's overall health? So we're not just talking about physical health and mental health, spiritual health, but their overall health and say their decision-making abilities or their hiring abilities, et cetera, because I would suspect that all of those things influence how business owners and leaders are showing up. Can you elaborate a bit on that? Yeah. So somebody's overall health is going to impact every decision that they make. So if my health is not a hundred percent where it needs to be, it's going to impact my attention span. It's going to impact my immune system. It's going to impact my decision-making skills. Like maybe I'm a little quick to answer a question or to give feedback when I need to take you know, resort back and maybe, you know, consult with another person. So there's everything that it's going to impact in a way that could be extremely negative because when your brain is not functioning properly, when your body is not functioning properly, it's very difficult to be on your A game Mm. when, when everything's not in alignment. Right. So I, I can tell you the difference. Like if you do it even measurably, right. And I look at my sleep, like if I look at my sleep watch, right. Mm -hmm. My sleep watch says, that I only got maybe three hours of quality sleep last night, I can tell you that my workouts aren't going to be as good. Mm. I can tell you that my appetite's not going to be as good, right? Because my body's like fighting itself, right? You know, that's when we rejuvenate my brain. My brain has to sleep, right? It's like putting, it's like expecting to have no gas in your car and just keep driving and see what happens, right? Mm. And we have to really take into consideration that it doesn't just impact like, one thing it impacts each and everything mm-hmm. that's going on in your system. Every relationship, you're going to be more short tempered. You're going to be higher levels of inflammation. Everything's going to just, it's going to be, it's compounded. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think people forget that it's like, again, it, you and I both are very much about a holistic, you know, for me, it's like business. It's not just a business strategy. You've got to be looking at all components because business strategy impacts the rest of your life, but your health also impacts the rest of your life. And I think so many people in the online space do things in isolation. And I believe you can't do things in isolation. I believe they all go hand in hand. Now, I am curious to know a little bit more. We've talked about like the physical health. We've talked about mental health, but you keep talking about brain health. And I think this could be a new topic that the listener may not have ever heard before, or maybe has heard about it, but doesn't actually understand it. Can you just share with us real quick a little bit about what do you mean when you say brain health? 
So, yes, thank you, because the brain health, I find, is so important because we kind of mush the mind and the brain together, and they are different things, Mm -hmm. um, as well as our emotions. They're different as well. So the way that our brain responds to different things is based on the neural networks, right? Like, how are we wired, right? Are we wired for stress? Are we, um, is our is our brain working optimally or is it not? So what we've done here in our center is we have our neurofeedback brain mapping that we do. So we can actually put the electrodes on the brain, on the head, and we can actually measure brain waves to see how the brain is working and to see if it is coherent, right? So we mm. want to measure whether or not the brain is firing and wiring properly because if it's missing a step like it's going to it's going from a to d to c to b then what you're dealing with is you're dealing with a brain that's not as efficient as it Mm -hmm. could be it's no different than wiring the electricity in your house and if you're trying to plug in the hair dryer and the flat iron in the same cord and it keeps shorting out your brain is very much the same way if you have too much firing and and shooting on one side then that part of your brain is going to short out then it's going to overload another part of your brain and it could create anxiety or it could create depression or it could create you know um adhd symptoms so now when we can look at that brain health and say hey your brain isn't working as efficiently as it could be, let me go ahead and create a protocol so that then we can create the most efficient brain possible. It can help increase your performance at work. It can help, you know, lessen anxiety. It can help eliminate ADHD. It can help increase sleep, increase mood, and just help you to feel so much better. And I can tell you real quickly, my personal experience. um, So one of the last trainings that I did for neurofeedback, even though I had been working in neurofeedback for years, was um, I did an advanced training there. Like you have to do it on yourself. And I was like, okay, cool. So I put the brain cap on and I was working with another practitioner and myself and we created a protocol and I was driving to the gym with my husband. I was like, whoa. And he's like, what? And I was like, is this what it's like to have one thought at a time? And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I'm literally just thinking about going to the gym. And he goes, you don't just normally just think about one thing. And I was like, (laughs) no, no, like normally like there's 30,000 things going through my head at any given time, you know, everything from, oh, did I stop at that stop sign to, oh, what am I going to have for lunch today? Did I pack the kids bread? And it's literally like rapid cycling of thoughts. And for me, it doesn't sound like a big deal when you put it in that context, but one of the huge, one of the biggest things that I noticed for myself, Angela is with my children, after doing that protocol, I was able to be so much more present Mm. and things kind of flowed. And I had never really, I had never really understood flow. I always like was more like, I guess it would call it like type A personality, very intense, very aggressive, very, you know, kind of like in your face because that's how my brain worked. Mm. And now I have such a more efficient brain that my thoughts are better. Therefore, my communication is better. My Mm -hmm. communication, therefore, my relationships are better. My relationships are better. Therefore, I'm happier. And being able to gift that to other people by helping them to increase their brain health, understand what was going on, and then help them with 
the coaching or counseling component to then utilize their new tools and techniques with their new brain. Just so much harmony. Absolutely. And again, I just think it's really important that we talk about the brain health because I think it is something that is getting newer and talking more about this in our society, but it's still something that a lot of people don't know enough about. So one of my final questions before we wrap up is, can you share some practical strategies or emerging trends, innovative approaches to promoting healthy leadership and healthy businesses that you're finding interesting or promising at the moment? You know, for example... I believe there's a time and place for pharmaceutical medications. I used to be on them myself seven years ago. I've been in remission, but I wouldn't have gotten through that period of my time without them, 100%. Um, there's been people when I've worked with in mental health where one particular woman, do you know what I mean, put her baby in the oven. Do you mean luckily the oven wasn't on? There's a time and place when psychosis was there. Pharmaceutical medications are absolutely a necessity in certain situations, but I believe they're not always the end all or be all, even though that's what some doctors know. So I always like to let the listener out there know of different things that are happening in the community that they might want to be able to explore. So for example, I've been working with the natural path around like the parasite cleanse and going to infrared saunas, do you know I mean? And doing things like that, that are slightly different and I wasn't aware of. So I'm curious to know what you're seeing trending in your area and might be useful to the listener. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for bringing that up and sharing your own experience, because I, I believe as practitioners, it's very important to come at this from a very non-judgmental perspective. So I don't judge anyone for what they've done for their health, because I believe we do the best that we can with the information that we have. And um, just stepping out and saying, I need help and going to a practitioner, you know, I commend anyone who's doing that right now, because it is important. And, you know, I, hope the best for you. Um, as for uh, new trends, there's so many new and exciting things out there and understanding what works for you. Um, I love the infrared sauna and the cold plunge. Uh, that's been something that's been very pivotal in my life that I do on a daily basis. So I cold plunge for about five to seven minutes in anywhere from 35 to 38 degree water. And then after I cold plunge, I go in an infrared sauna for about 20 minutes. And then I cycle that two more times. Um, also, too, we have something called a wellness pod here, which is a dry pod that has red light therapy. Red light is really good at helping with the mitochondria and helping rebuild the cells. So it's great if you've got any uh, damage, um, any inflammation. Uh, the infrared is really great with that. Um, also, the lymphatic drainage suits that we have here, which I encourage everyone, if you are able to get with one of those. It's amazing because we have a protocol. So like for somebody who's coming for our brain coaching program, where we'll actually do a neurofeedback session, and then we'll put them on the top suit of the lymphatic drainage that helps then detox their brain of any of the toxins that are coming out. And then we'll put them in the infrared sauna for about 10, 15 minutes to encourage them to just have the healthiest overall system because we're always consuming you know, toxins, whether it's in our food, um, whether it's toxic information that you're listening to or hearing. And we don't just want to cleanse our conscious and subconscious mind. We don't just want to cleanse our body. We also want to cleanse our brain. So um, I find, you know, that there's a lot of things that you can do um, and just finding what works for you and creating a protocol with a professional, with a coach, with a therapist, with a, a naturopath that just really listens to you. And is really there in a non-judgmental way that is there to support and encourage you for your best overall life 
and whatever that means for you. So, I mean, we have a ton of things here and I just always tell people like, what are your goals? And like, let's try different things and see what works for you, what speaks for you, what makes you feel best. So we always do a worksheet uh, prior to them starting something. And then after they finish something so that we can measure how they feel and then any results that they're looking to attain. I love it. I just think that sometimes in our world, we just get so focused and look at things with like very closed minds our very particular lenses based on what we were told in our upbringing or what we're consuming on the internet. And I just think that it's important that people out there understand that there's so many different other ways to help get your health and optimized. And that again, find what works for you, but try not to do it alone. I think there's so much information on the internet that it actually increases anxiety and overwhelm and stops people. They get paralysis and do nothing. So again, if you're in business and you know, you're looking to work with a business coach and things like that, I kind of say it's like I'm on travel insurance. People will spend so much money traveling, but then won't buy travel insurance. And then wonder what goes on. My thing is, is like, if you're going to run a business, make sure that you also are working with people on your health. Do you mean whatever that looks like? Mental health, spiritual health, physical health, because again, it is part of the ingredients to make a good cake. So I love it. Now, for those listeners that are like, this was awesome. I want a little bit more of this amazing human in my life. Where can they find you? Where can they connect? Yeah, just I would say email me directly. It's Maritza, M-A-R-I-T-S-A at obtainingmastery.com. And just send me an email directly um, or you can go to obtainingmastery.com and kind of pick your path, what you're looking to get more information about. We have a ton of free stuff that we offer, everything from protocols that you could do with cold plunging to what health and wellness or brain health looks like. And so I just encourage you guys to just keep seeking information, keep listening to Angela and just, you know, advocate for yourselves and living your best overall life. Dude, I love it. You're such a good human. Now, my final question is, is looking back on your business journey, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business? I wish I knew that it didn't have to be perfect to start putting stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I was really hard on myself in the beginning of my career. I was very young. Um, So I thought because of my age that people weren't going to take me seriously, Um, you know, and, and I had, I learned the hard way, a lot of things um, by going through them. So, you know, just being more open to putting myself out there and trusting myself and my gut and what I knew was right. um, That's, that's really it. I mean, it's been such a wonderful journey and I've had such a blessed opportunity to meet so many incredible people like yourself. So you know, maybe I wouldn't change anything because then I wouldn't be here. But if it was anything, it would be that. <laughs> right. No, I love it. Absolutely. Our path gives us clues on what we can do, what we keep, what we let go of and what we move forward. And it's all in lessons. But I do think that some of us, when we start off, we're like, oh, maybe I won't. I'll detour that one thing that I don't need. Again, we don't have to be perfect. And like you're saying that in this instance, imperfect action still will win. Thank you so much, my friend, for tuning in all the way from the good old US of A. I know you're going into nighttime and it's our morning time here. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on today. It means a lot to me and also to the audience. So thank you for that. And in in the interim, though, you amazing human, I hope you have a beautiful day no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining again for another awesome episode of the Angela Henderson Online Business Show. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Angela Henderson Online Business Show, www.angelahenderson.com.au.